0: jerks in the fourth row podcast dog after a long time off we are finally back welcome back dog
1: hey yo sorry mookie thought you were talking to him back there He might hear him a couple times
0: yeah uh, we're just easing back into this i've got the dogs chewing on pig ears we're a little dusty right now or a little rusty so uh you know i'm sure our listening audience will forgive us for for stumbling through this this first podcast back
1: well, I feel, like, I feel like Hollywood, movies, TV shows, everything's a little dusty right now. Yeah, everything's there's, slow. There's, there's really not much going on. And obviously this is, you know, a symptom of COVID or, you know, an after effect of COVID. People not being able to make new content. But, I mean, it, it's, gotta, it's, it's a, a, a new time in history for us in terms of, like... You know, I, I went to, I went and finally saw Black Widow, that my first movie experience back. And, uh, you know, there, there really hasn't been many opportunities besides that to like kind of get back into the theater. And there's, there's nothing I'm crazy about.
0: Going to see you said?
1: Yeah, or I mean, there's nothing like Suicide Squad. The second one just came out. I couldn't care less. Yeah. Like there's nothing, there's really nothing that's brewing right now that I'm so excited about.
0: So I I didn't think we'd start here. By the way, this this topic today we're just riffing, so just we're just warming up our podcast muscles. But I didn't think that you had got, I didn't I haven't spoken to you in a long time even off of the off the pod. So I didn't know that you were back in the theater. I went back as well. I saw the M Night Shyamalan movie old. And yeah, nothing like crazy. It wasn't like it just felt good to be back in the theaters. So I think you're right with the content. I think that there's been things that people have been doing with like streaming services and releasing stuff outside of the theaters that we just got used to. So there wasn't like a backlog of movies like that we thought there would be just ready for us to go watch. So how did you, how did you like uh, your movie? How'd you like Black Widow?
1: I mean, I enjoyed the experience. Like I went with a couple of my buddies and we had a good time and everything, but I was super disappointed in the movie to be honest. And that was the new Black Widow movie that Marvel the new uh, uh, um installment in the marvel series and uh you know it was just kind of i don't know a lackluster i think but, how, uh, but i mean there's, there's
0: how is it how is it to be back in the theater because i the same the movie that i saw same thing it was just great was to be weird. back in the theater I, it was just really fun to go see a movie
1: i think it was i think it was weird everybody was just kind of in the same mindset of like like looking around like trying to like like see how it was different but it's it was the same you know what i mean it was you know but it's it's still like it just a it was a different atmosphere i think than it used to be it's it, it wasn't exactly the same as it used to be but i, I can't pinpoint why necessarily but, but anyways we had a good time i mean again it was just a bunch of buddies going out and and people being rowdy in the theater being like a, a new marvel movie and we saw it pretty recently so it was you know it was fun. sweet
0: yeah, I, I got to say people were pretty pumped to be back. I mean, I think everyone kind of left the movie. It was this this so you know when you leave a movie like people are just dying to talk about the movie and like i had forgotten that experience. So, old was kind of I think people were not very impressed with it and I was just waiting for like to hear that that critic. And it kind of felt normal to be back in there. No masks, luckily, there was no masks in the theater and I don't know. I got some popcorn. We got some Sour Patch Kids. I had a good time, even though the movie was eh, a five at best.
1: Yeah, you cut a hole in the popcorn and then back, everything's back to normal. Yeah, yeah. back to my old tricks. Back to your old tricks, you dog. All right. So today- <laughs> so, uh, so I've been reverting back to, honestly, tons of old Simpsons episodes, <clears throat> tons of old movies. Stuff that really, what I for, refer to as just comfort food. Yeah. Um, so it's not necessarily the Doritos and corn syrup that I've talked about in the past, which is just essentially just fluff. Um, but this, you know, comfort food to me isn't, isn't just binge movie or just binge shows either. It's just, it's stuff that makes you feel good. So I've, I'm honestly, I can't say I've been like doing some deep dives or finding anything new that I'm just like absolutely crazy about. But re-experiencing, like, the early days of The Simpsons yeah. is, like, it's really interesting to me because I have vivid memories of, like, so I watched the Chili, chili Cook-Off episode yeah. yesterday. Yep. Like, I have vivid memories of Homer tripping on the, the, the chili, but I had no idea that's what was happening. When was Oh, kid. yeah.
0: Oh, absolutely. I thought you were going to say that he doesn't do that because that's what my memories were. I know we did a podcast about things, the, the Mandela factor or whatever, and I thought you were about to lay one of those on me but yeah oh he's definitely no, like no. tripping the entire movie with on that chili pepper
1: no well I just had no idea you know being a kid this stuff was coming out in the mid 90s and like so it's it's interesting that I know like when I'm hearing these these or watching these shows and hearing the lines I can quote the lines but like now they have new meaning now that I'm older so anyways with the lack of material coming out I've kind of been again the simpsons um, and, and kind of some older comedies too Real slapstick Like Rob Schneider type stuff Just, yeah. to, like, just to kind of take my mind off of, 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 of nothing really. Yeah, no I, I've been doing the same you know. thing
0: I've been doing the same thing We watched The Social Network I haven't seen that movie in like five or six years We fired that up Last night Crystal and I watched High Fidelity With uh, Jack Black It's actually got a pretty decent cast Like Jack Black John Cusack Joan Cusack Catherine uh, Zeta-Jones, I think Robin. Oh, Robin. Yeah. We were trying to figure out if that was Robin Wright. She is his girlfriend. You've you've seen the movie though.
1: Yeah, High mm-hmm, Fidelity. Definitely. Uh, a Tim Storm.
0: Tim yeah. Robbins is like the sexual next door neighbor. Like it's it's it was pretty good. It was, but I've I've been doing the same thing as far as new stuff goes. I've been just kind of watching you know whatever those uh, algorithms have been throwing at us. So we watched The Doctor Death. Uh, I'm sure you've seen that. Up. Have you have you tried to watch White Lotus at all?
1: No, I'm. What's that?
0: It's the new HBO series. Kind of, it's it's their short series for the summer. It's about a bunch of, you know, couples. Not couples. It's about a bunch of families or different different people from different societies going out on vacation in Hawaii and like all of like these rich people problems that they run into, uh, and then kind of like the staff is just. You know, seemingly upfront they get their shit together, but behind the scenes they don't. Like, I'm not ruining it by anything by by saying like in the first episode like one of the workers has a baby like on her first day and like it's just bedlam behind the scenes and trying to keep a serene you know front in in. You know, Anyways, it's just really well done. I I definitely recommend it. I think
1: thrillers, it's a thriller. Wouldn't you say you're like a horror thriller? Not
0: really. I mean, they start the... And we still don't know this right now. They start the the series off by having someone... You know that someone of the main characters has... One of the main characters, at least one, has died. But Mm -hmm. when you're watching it, you're not really trying to figure that out. At least I'm not. So I don't... Mm -hmm. It's more of just kind of a piece on like... I don't know, just the insanity the the normalcy that people try to keep up front when they're outside of the hotel rooms versus like the craziness that happens in their hotel rooms versus behind the desk in like a resort like this. So Mm -hmm. and and they're just all eccentric people. It's it's got Steve Zahn in it, it's got Connie Britton, uh it's got Stifler's mom, who I think we were talking about on our last podcast. It's good. I,
1: I think there's a lot of it seems to be a lot of opportunity for dramas right now and for thrillers. Like there aren't as many, you know, mindless comedies or just kind of, just kind of like everything seems to have like a purpose or or a a focus, you know what I mean? Like there's not necessarily, I think that's why I've been appreciating some of these older movies more so is because how, how the lack of seriousness, you know what I mean? Like they really didn't take themselves all too seriously in some of these like early SNL movies or like, uh, you know what I mean? Even in the, the some of the spoof movies in the late 90s, early 2000s. Like, I, I kind of miss an era where people didn't take themselves as seriously.
0: Yeah, no, this show definitely doesn't take itself seriously. And it's, I couldn't even tell you what it's about. I mean, we know that someone died, but it's not a murder mystery. It's... Anyway, yeah, I think you'd enjoy it because it it has there's probably about ten main characters and it's getting into the development of
1: each character. It's it's good. Um, so that's what that's kind of what I'm saying though. There's so many of those shows where like, which is a, is a newer thing where there's you know I think we we discussed it where now that there's there's longer series people can do more serious stories and take on you know more. Developed characters and, but I, I think there's less of because there's more of that. There's less of the other stuff like Stifler's mom. I just wanted to play Stifler's mom essentially.
0: So she's playing Stifler's mom in this, like a rich Stifler's mom. But I mean, she only has one role. We've talked about her before. She only has one speed. She's been typecasted mm-hmm. her entire career. Now going on twenty five years, she's played the exact same character. So, uh, but anyways. Uh, so a couple things I did want to bring. I know we're just riffing today, but I do have, uh, you know, a topic. I we talked about p- potentially doing like an unpopular opinions pod to get back into it, and then we just decided let's just turn the turn the switch on and record. But when we did this, when we were thinking yeah, so, when we were thinking about doing that, I have a couple of pop, unpopular opinions lined up. Do you want to just start with that? You want me to give you one?
1: Yeah, yeah go for it. Okay,
0: I think we've talked about method acting on on, po- on past podcasts. Yeah. What is your opinion on? Do you think it takes a talented actor or an or or do you think that it's an untalented thing, or do you think that this is is a gimmick that people do? My uh, my unpopular opinion. The more uh, that I, the more that I think about it, my unpopular opinion. I'm just going to start off. Is that great actors do this, but I don't think it's as impressive as you that as it is on the surface.
1: Well, I wonder if there's like I feel like <clears throat> because Daniel Day Lewis did it, and it was just kind of like um, it, it was a sign of dedication if you were gonna a dedication to the role if you're gonna method act uh, and that's you know take on the personality of the character that you're you're portraying. Okay. So,
0: but to, but honestly, do you think when Daniel Day-Lewis was when he was doing Abraham, when he went to go take a shit and turn on the light in the bathroom, that he really thought he was Abraham Lincoln?
1: <laughs> I, I I I I mean, it's like with Jim Carrey with the Man on the Moon when he was Andy Kaufman. Like, was he fully? No, I, I think that there is still a part of him that's conscious of making the decision to continue to. "Quote unquote," channel these these uh, these personalities, but
0: so to me, if someone who can turn it on and off at the same, it like, so I don't know. Let's just take Ben Stiller in Something About Mary, I guess whatever. Or let's let's take um, I don't know Jamie Fox as Ray, right? He didn't method act for that. The fact that he could on a second's notice or what, as soon as like the action was called, that he can go from Jamie back to his character in Ray a thousand times, that to me oh, is I'm more okay. impressive to channel the same character rather than, than to streamline it. And I do. I think that when Daniel Day-Lewis goes to, I don't know, sp- check his iPhone or whatever, like or check his email or listen to a director's note, I think he is definitely within himself rather than thinking that he's Abraham Lincoln. And even, as much as I love, you know... De Niro, Daniel uh, Daniel Day, Christian Bale, all these people who, quote-unquote, method act. I think it's a little bit of a pull to get the Academy. It's something that they're playing to the Academy for.
1: It certainly is at this point. I mean, in the earlier days like of Daniel Day with my left foot, I think that's a little bit different than, say, like, I don't know. Uh, well, say him playing Lincoln. Um, <clears throat> but... I- I do think because it's got so much acclaim in modern, or that the method has gotten so much acclaim in in, in you know the modern history that it is kind of it, it's seen as like a a, a real serious move. Yes, like, you, you know that's yeah. I mean? like a people with when you take on a, another character, it's like the next level of acting. You're not just showing up and doing a job. You're like Taking it on is like your lifestyle in a way.
0: When I think about it, I think did anyone like try to go up to him and just be like, "Okay, dude, like you know you're bullshitting right now." Like I'm trying to think back when Andy, when um, Jim Carrey did The Man on the Moon. Did anyone in that documentary just be like, "Jim, snap out of it, dude!" Like this is you're going too far. Jerry the King Lawler just punched you in the face. Like what? I'm what? sure
1: I'm sure that they did, and and but that was the thing, Jim. His people had control over all the footage, so they could chop it up and to, to show it however they wanted to. So who knows how many times like he even he may have even crossed the line further or like he, he got to depict it in the way exactly he wanted it to. I mean, so he got to. I would be curious to like sit down and talk to Danny DeVito about his experience with watching Jim Carrey do this or like the, yeah, without you know the cameras
0: mean? rolling like. Just sit down like regular, just go have a coffee with him, go grab a beer, whatever. Like, And just really get, pick him like, was this for real or did he know that they'd be releasing something in the future? Or, or did he ever really break? Because I don't think anyone sees Daniel Day break. But I think it's almost like a mechanism for, for him, in my opinion, for people to stay away from him and to bait the Academy. So I, I love everything that he's ever done. I just kind of roll my, the more I think about it, I kind of roll my eyes at that.
1: No, I mean, that goes along with what I was saying before about, you know, everyone just takes themselves so seriously. So it's not just like what, like the Daniel Day Lewis's who are method acting these days. It's like the, the minor guys who like really want to make a name for themselves or a smaller actor who really wants to become renowned or maybe they think that's the one way. It's like, it's, it's, they're not, they're, they're not reinventing the wheel or they are, you know, like it's it's nothing brand new. It's been done before. So I don't think that's where I think it's like someone kind of being like, Oh, well, I guess I'll try this and see what type of attention it gets me or what type of, you know, that's, that's
0: perfect. That's, that's perfect way to describe it. Attention. I think that's the only reason people do it.
1: I it is for attention. Yeah. I mean, but that's, isn't that Hollywood? I mean, Maddie, my roommate said to me, he said anybody who gets up and performs or is in the public eye is choosing to have the attention i mean drawn onto them that's kind of i mean that that's a part of it you don't just become an actor to you know sit out in a cabin and not have any attention drawn to you i, I don't think that really so did he,
0: did he say i mean you perform and you've been killing it by the way, lately every show that I've been to has been better than the last Hello. I've got all my, all my buddies are just like, when's Tim performing? that's when I'll come visit you. Uh, but like, do you, like, is that why you perform? Do you crave that attention? Well, like, that's,
1: that's what I think I, I would say the opposite. It's, it's, it's less about me, but I mean, it's hard to perform. It's hard to compare. Uh, performing live music in front of someone and, and acting on screen for it to be over and over and over and over like <laughs> so right now what I did, let me answer your question I like the attention of the um, <clears throat> of my name getting around the networking and the I think it's it's really interesting um, my my act getting attention in different yeah. ways and people and the word of mouth I think is interesting rather than the attention to my Persona, I think. Right.
0: You know? So, so the thrill for you is setting stuff up and getting, making these connections, and then once you're up on stage, I mean, you're just you're you're just performing, right? Like it's not like well, again, you're soaking just up like attention. Chan- you're you're just doing what you love.
1: Well, just like Chan, just like an actor might channel, you know, just like Jamie uh, Fox might channel Ray real quick. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going into those, like I'm thinking about those artists, and if I'm doing a cover song, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's similar in that sense, but no, I in terms of the attention, I really, the networking, I think is fascinating and also being able to um, get rehired and to, you know, have people like your friends and my friends have been awesome about showing up and yeah. so it's, it's building a community as well. So I think for me, it's, it's, it's much more than the attention. It's the, uh, it's what the attention brings yeah I
0: think. you know what that that kind of reminds me of this kind of reminds me of entourage right so like like the the great part of that show Vinny chase was the actor but we hardly ever saw him like on set or any of his movies like i could probably maybe in in the six or seven seasons or whatever it was how many movies do or we just see clips here and there once in a while the interesting part was the was the networking was you know the relationships that he had with other Hollywood stars or whatever, and then you know anytime Ari would land a deal, those were like the big for Vince. Those were like the big moments, rather than you know him being Aquaman or whatever. Like that. Yeah. So I mean, on
1: a my, on a minor scale, when I get a new a new more uh, a, a new uh, venue that I'm playing, it, that might be you know in downtown Portsmouth as opposed to you know, a backwoods bar, you know, that's, you know, that's, it's relevance. It's, you know, it's opportunity as well for more, you know, more work or more, uh, community meeting more people. I mean, it, for me, it's, it, it it plays a lot of functions. Uh, it it's, but, but I don't think attention is number one by any means, but right now it's something that I can use to, to do the thing I want to do. Yeah. So I think it's something that I certainly Again, it's it's a it's a double edged sword. Uh, you know, I don't. That's I'd rather be a talented artist than have a ton of attention. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 the way you get work is by is by harnessing that attention. Yeah. To get more shows. So. Well,
0: enough about you, Doug.
1: Jeez, <laughs> oh, sorry. I blacked out there.
0: I asked, and then I'll give you the shameless plug: Tim Bear Music, the YouTube channel. If you haven't checked it out by now, you should go out there and uh, check it out on YouTube.
1: And judging by the numbers, it's likely you haven't checked it out. So. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going into continuing on with unpopular opinions and going off of my earlier thing with talking about uh, The Simpsons and comfort food, I mean, the, you know, comfort watches, I find that I, I can't watch many new cartoons. And I think it's because of the animation. So I'm not like a huge cartoon person, although I'm a huge Simpsons fan, huge South Park. Uh, So there's a couple, you know, family Guy's okay. But uh, there's a couple that are great. Um, But I feel like what appealed to me is like the very simple, warm animation, like almost like cardboard cutout or like... 2D. Yeah. Whereas now it's so defined and... I think there's this constant push towards making CGI or computer, you know, graphics or generate, what is it? What is CGI? Computer generated images?
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. So anyways,
1: so making like the most defined and detailed presentation, whereas for me, I, I think it looks like like really weird, like the more defined it gets and it's, it's almost like you're watching a video and it kind of like takes me out of the story a bit.
0: Um, Okay, agree with you for like series. As far as like comedy series, the better the CGI is it has no correlation with the writing. If if the writing is good, then it's gonna be good. That being said, any type of like I find myself any like with the new Toy Stories or the movie Up. I know that's not new anymore, but I do those do come with good writing. I find myself even though they're kids movies, I do kind of enjoy those and. The animation is something to marvel at, but I think that it it's a lot of them are accompanied by good writing.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not saying that. So there's a movie Inside Out starring Amy Poehler about like the internal working.
0: Yeah, stuff. yeah, that was a great. I thought that that was a really good movie.
1: It's a really good movie, but I, I was more talking about the animation style and how it's a little bit easier on my eyes and how, I again, I think there's. But, let me ask do you think the better the cgi the better the the a story can be told or like the more entertaining a movie is? so like okay for an action movie so let's let's all right there's a matrix that's coming out soon. okay and you can imagine there's gonna be quite a bit of cgi in it
0: yeah yeah but uh-huh. don't you
1: think in the original one it was it was less cgi and it was more just like the original first matrix it was yeah it was so- less about the animation it was more about the the way that they shot it with the cameras right
0: i think well if we're talking about cgi like it's not like so that whole scene where where uh what's his name like ne- there's like a thousand neos or whatever i think it's the second but
1: that's the second matrix i'm talking about the very first movie of the matrix cuz like you can compare them to the second and the third cuz mm. the the more they use that the animation like where he's fighting a thousand agents myths. So, it's just like I
0: think you almost is- found the exception. Like I, I, generally agree with you what you're saying, but I think that the Matrix was as cool as it was because what they were doing with like the flexing of like you know when when Neo runs into like the building and it just flexes and explodes or the bullet scene. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that those those nuances in CGI did did enhance my my viewing of the movie. I, but I think okay. that but that's the rare case that it that I feel like it did. Like well, we, we just watch, watch King Kong. Go right? back, Sorry. Go ahead. The
1: second and the the second and the third Matrix really don't hold up really all that well. Um it could, because I think of that that very thing. Like you know you're watching a CGI Neo. You know and, it's, well, yeah. and it feels it feels like you're watching uh, someone play a computer game, almost. Okay. Like For the
0: third one, I totally agree with you. For the second one, that thing that they did with the keymaster, and then when they're when they're doing the highway chase, that's yeah. all that's all like old school action, right there. Yeah, exactly. And I, I like that. I like
1: that. So I, I do too. I'm I'm much more. So there's something that came out this year. I'm not sure if I've ever mentioned it on this podcast, but it was one of my favorite things that came out. Maybe two to three years ago, it was called "The Dark Crystal: of The Age of Resistance." You have it's mentioned actually,
0: this. You have mentioned this. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's a Netflix. It's a Netflix series, but it's so it's puppets. It's the Jim Henson Company, so it's puppets and the minor, minor, minor CGI. And I think it's the best that's I've ever seen CGI been used in terms of like how subtle it was, it, but in a in a way that really enhanced the the tactile uh you know physical things you
0: know okay so so doc what i'm hearing from you is like some of these animation enhancements it, you just you it, i just
1: contradict myself in, in true fashion well, but, it, but it's, that, that, that's the one case where i'm saying it's working but otherwise it normally the better the cgi like the more focused they are on it i think is is it takes away from the movie.
0: I, sur- I I agree with your statement that it doesn't enhance it. So if you were going to give... If, like, The Simpsons were in 3D or, like, in the Toy Story, I don't think that that would affect how good The Simpsons were. We wouldn't like it any more. We wouldn't like it any less. No,
1: see, I, I dislike this modern South Park's animation. Like, I miss the cardboard cutout. Simple, simple stuff. See, like, I, th- I, think, I if think if it was the same
0: the writing from back in the day, I it's don't... Not this- it's, it's
1: not the same writing, though.
0: It's not. That's what I think you're not liking about it. You're associating these later episodes with the, the, the enhanced uh, animation. Family Guy does it. Uh, Simpsons does it. Like, I I think that that might be the association you're making. Or at least that's the one Park that I do.
1: I think South Park in particular, that they uh, fall back on doing something goofy or funny with CGI. Like They're just... Because they're beloved characters like Rain, Marsh and the boys and stuff now, like they can just put them, they can rely on the the animation rather than the writing. Agreed. And, Agreed on that. And, and I think it's. I don't think they're alone. Like Family Guy sucks, dude. In in uh, the. I fact mean that
0: like after season eight, yeah, it did. But I, I think I it, think you could say fact, that about any any of those animated series, like. With Simpsons after season ten, like, or what was it? Maybe season eleven, like, they they changed the animation, like, same thing with Family Guy, and it just wasn't. They, they totally relied on that to fill time rather than writing.
1: Right, but and and but in outside of cartoons and series too, in movies, like, that's why the Hobbit. I'm so harsh on the Hobbit, and like the the trolls, like the way that they, although they use CGI in the first. Lord of the Rings series, the the Hobbit trilogy was just so heavy on it that it, I just couldn't focus. Like I, sometimes for me, and th- and that's really what I wanted to get to is the core of my unpopular opinion is, like sometimes, it's it's like a, it's like an awareness. Like it's just they're trying to be like, and it's eventually we we always look back at something like twenty years later and be like, oh man, that uh, animation or that. That CGI just looks like garbage. Or like if you look at any animation from the '90s or '80s, it's just laughable. And and I feel like, unfortunately, that detracts from movies in the long run. So I feel like, if the the more like the more you use it, the less likely you are, gonna have a long lasting or like a long, a, a movie that holds up. Doug, if you
0: don't use it, do you lose it? That's my question for you. <laughs> Is that, is that a serious question? No, <laughs> uh, no, but Doug, I, no, I wonder. But like, people... hearing you say that, I'm thinking, like, well, what if someone I don't think anyone's ever done this. So, a lot of stuff of what you're talking about is sequels, and you're right, usually, if, if the one see if the first one does well, it gets a bigger budget for the second one, and you'll just naturally see a better with a more expensive production value, not necessarily a better. I'm wondering if anyone's ever done the reverse and I can't think of it off the top of my head if anyone like a Toy Story has come out with like all these great great effects in the first one and then in the second one they go they revert back to 2D. I wonder if that would be something that people would enjoy or if from what I'm from really what I'm hearing from what you're saying is you're you're disappointed with these sequels. I think you're or later seasons in like The Simpsons or South Park and you're more blaming it on the animation rather than the writing. Where no,
1: what I'm saying, and let me be clear here, I think using the more people use CGI, the lazier the the production is. So like, I think that because I think the, doc, the Matrix the was really
0: good. That that Matrix was really good CGI. It was just the original one, so I think that's why you like it more because it was the nuance of it more so was was great more so than them relying on cgi because they rely on a ton of cgi in that first matrix
1: in the first matrix i feel like it's more about like having like remember for a while there and it was in sports as well they would have like a thousand cameras around this one circular area and they could go around and get a shot like the circular view that was a big deal in the 99 early 2000s and i think matrix was really one of the first ones to do it and i think They used a lot of ropes and a lot of harnesses and a lot of real life stuff. So obviously the bullets going through the air, you know, are CGI. But I don't think, name a part of that movie where like, besides when Neo flies off in the end, where he himself is CGI.
0: I would say his entire, the the entire recognition of him being the one is CGI. The multiple agents, uh, where they,
1: oh, like when it takes over him. Yeah, yeah I mean, where the
0: agents dive into each other to become to ruin whoever and become another agent. When someone gets, uh, I don't know, when when they when they when, they, when they're loading up for, um, you know, with with guns before they go into the matrix and they go into like that room and all of the gun racks come. That's all CGI. Like that's that's not anything that they did really. It's all green screen yeah. stuff.
1: It's, I think it's post-production, but I think, you know, there were still real shots with cameras and stuff and the, and the editing process. So I think it's just a little less dependent on, on again, the, the visual. I, I, I remember when you and I and dad went and saw Beowulf. Yes. Like in 3D. So that was like, okay, like how, like, well, this is gonna me the, the new future of films and movies and it's 3D and that movie, you can't watch it outside of watching in 3D, but you cannot watch it. And I think that is happening the more and more CGI is used. It's like, it's so, it's disruptive, I think.
0: Okay. I'm just saying that that if someone were, someone might have your opinion who is used to watching movies in the 70s and 80s, that if they watched The Matrix or if they even watched, I don't know, a a Bond movie today, then they might just be like, okay, this this is ridiculous. This isn't old school. I think it's more of where you... I think it goes back to the nostalgia thing and the nuance of something, then we're disappointed in sequels and they do, these sequels get bigger budgets. So I think we, at least in, in my case, and it sounds like in your case too, you tie the more money and the more higher production value to the maybe inferior writing. And that's where you're kind of making that association. Whereas I think if South Park had the huge budget right off the bat, I still think that you know, the spontaneous combustion episode is going to be funny, or like the Night of a Million Shits is still going to be funny, even if they have a high production value. Like,
1: definitely. But I think it, it was, its essence was so, it was about it being cheap. You know what I mean? Just kind of Yeah. yeah it, but it was, you're right. It's, you're nailing it on the head than that. It, it was more about the script and the writing that it could have been, you know, it it didn't matter about the production value; it was about the writing.
0: Yeah, all right. Another pop unpopular opinion. We'll move off of CGI. I think we've talked about that before, but no, never in that like context. But like, it's definitely something that that we've noted, and I think we just kind of put down on paper or like put down in the podcast right now as to how we feel about that. Popular opinion. What are what are your thoughts on on Sean Penn? Do you like him as an actor? Yeah,
1: I mean. I, yeah, I do like Sean Penn. I mean, in terms of, like, Mystic River or other movies called Bad Boys from, like, I think it was in the 80s, um, where he goes to prison. and That's really... But, and then Spicoli, yeah, it's a fun... I mean, why? Why do you ask that?
0: Okay, thank you. I was waiting for you to ask me why I asked that. Uh, so, the... the I love Sean Penn too. I think he's a great actor. I mean Mystic River's one one of in, the, in my top 100, which doesn't sound like that's high, but it's it's a great movie.
1: It's a really good movie.
0: He has won the Oscar for leading actor two times. Once for his role as Jimmy Markham in Mystic River in 2003 and another time in 2008 for as Harvey Milk in the movie Milk, the San Francisco the you know, the gay movement in San Francisco. Um mm-hmm. So I'm going to make the unpopular opinion that both of those Oscars, he should not have won either one of those Oscars, and not because it wasn't a good performance, but because of who else was up for an Oscar that year. So in 2003, let me just give you the, the rundown of who was nominated. Uh, Sean Penn obviously won the Oscar for, for Mystic River. Johnny Depp was Captain Jack Sparrow. Ben Kingsley was Colonel Masood Amir Bahirini. I don't even know how to pronounce that in House of Sand and Fog, never saw the movie, so he can't... Jude Law was W.P. Inman in Cold Mountain. And then here is is who I thought should have won the Oscar for that year. Bill Murray was nominated as Bob Harris in Lost in Translation that year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think, looking back, I think it's a no-brainer that Bill Murray should have won the Oscar that year.
1: As opposed to Sean Penn and Mystic River? Yeah,
0: even though both were great movies, I love, I love both movies, I think that that's probably... Bill Murray's best non-comedic performance as an actor. Yeah.
1: Well yeah. I, I think maybe I wonder when I wonder when it was released. Cause honestly, that's a movie that I didn't know what it was the first time. Yes. Like, I think
0: over time and, and loosely what we base our podcast off of the Bill Simmons rewatchable stuff, he goes back and does this. He does the five years later. We've talked about this on the pod. That who should have won? I'm just looking back at Sean Penn's Oscars in particular. I think you and I, it sounds like you agree. Bill Murray sh- probably should have won that one. The movies I don't just know
1: if I agree. I mean, he was Sean Penn was great in Mystic River. it's great. I he was, That's why he was
0: really nominated. nominated. I'm sure all these guys were great. Who but did, the
1: subject matter was really timely too. That's the thing. That's probably why, or that probably the politicization of you know uh, civil rights and homosexual rights is helps him win with milk as well. Well, okay, so I, I
0: haven't gone over who who he was up against for milk.
1: I'm just saying there's there's with and you know how I feel about awards and especially the Academy Awards, like I think they're mostly politicized. Okay. Like, so, so
0: I would agree totally with with the Harvey Milk one and I think that this this option is even more obvious who should have won the Oscar. In fact I'd make the case that there's two others that should have won the Oscar for this. All right. So two thousand eight is when he won it for milk. Um, other other uh, nominations were Richard Jenkins as Walter Vale in The Visitor. Never saw the movie, so I don't. That's I don't know. Um, the other one was Frank Laganella and Richard Nixon in Frost Nixon. He played Richard Nixon. I mm-hmm. saw the movie. Don't necessarily remember that being crazy, but to your point, another politicized movie, so it got the nod. Brad Pitt was Benjamin Button in the curious in the curious case of Benjamin Button that year. Mm-hmm. And then Mickey Rourke was Randy the Ram Robinson in the wrestler.
1: Well, you know how I feel about that. I know how you
0: feel about that, and I agree. So it's, with I, with with those nominations, I would definitely give it to Mickey Rourke at for yeah. the wrestler. And yeah. I, I think that Brad Pitt is not a close second, but i I would give it to him and Benjamin Button over over Sean Penn. Again, coin flip, that one's not as strong, but I, going back, I think I like that movie better and I think I like his role better in that.
1: Uh, Mickey Rourke, and that's not one that you don't you know, question what that is. That's just a role of a lifetime. Like The guy was born to play that and it comes off immediately. You feel every bit of that movie, the way it was shot, which I believe is Darren Aronofsky. Uh, I, I don't have
0: that in front of me, but I'll take your word for it. Yeah, it was, um, it was,
1: it, Just the way it was shot, it was just really... You know, you felt every bit of it, um, and it wasn't. It was an for me an overwhelming performance, and and it still holds up too. I watched it about a month back, and what when did it come out? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Two thousand eight. Yeah, man, that movie is still really good. Um, and that's I, all I have to say. All right. About.
0: Well, no. So you agree with me? So you would you would agree yeah, that
1: big time? Because Mickey Rourke is an, notoriously a great actor, and he's amazing in it. I love being surprised by actors. I love, like, when a, an actor finds his niche, especially, and that seems to be happening more so the last 15 years, or actors are finding relevance in their later years more so than than, than young actors, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: I agree. I totally agree. I'd say Michael Keaton is one of those. I'd say, uh, yeah. yeah. I would say Joaquin Phoenix might be one of those, you know? as oh. it?
1: He was great as Commodus. Like I mean, Gladiator, that's enough. that's a young role. I I th-
0: I think Joaquin Phoenix, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I'm just looking down the line here. I still got the opening. Like Philip Seymour Hoffman, his later half was better than his first. I mean, and I think he still had more on the table in his later half. Uh, I don't know. We could. I, I I don't have a list of every, but there are definitely
1: I mean, if, if Morgan Freeman has had a better second half, clearly. Uh, if, if you, Morgan Freeman was doing in his 30s you look up Vincent the Vegetable Vampire <laughs> and he was like on the Sesame Street show and he was Vincent the Vegetable Vampire who like saying stuff anyways it's it's he's come a long way clearly.
0: Meryl, Meryl Streep is another one I'll give later in life I would take her second half of her career over her first some would probably argue with that but it's uh, uh, how about Helen Mirren Helen Mirren perfect yeah well, yeah, I mean, yeah. did anyone know who she was before... Um, I, uh, what was it? Gwyneth Paltrow or what? Or,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I can't speak to that. but yeah. I just feel like she's gained more relevance in recent years, like the last 15 or so. I'm with you.
0: All right, so apologies to Sean Penn. We love you, but two Oscars. Maybe we'll, we might give you one. Bill Murray. I just feel like Bill Murray should have one. And no, that, and that no, was I it. Think,
1: yeah, but he... We talked about how little respect comedies in terms of accolades. Um, him being a comedian, and also okay. again, I think Lost so, in Translation. I, I really, I still don't even know if I know what that is. Let me give
0: don't. you. Let me give you the last twenty actors who have won Best Actor, and let. Who would you think the funniest one is? Because we've done this comedy, don't get respect, but let's really break it down. So we have Russell Crowe, Denzel Washington, Adrian Brody, Sean Penn, Jamie Foxx, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Forrest Whitaker, Daniel Day, Sean Penn again, Jeff Bridges, Colin Firth, Juan Desjardins, who I don't even know what he won that for. Um, Juan Desjardins for the artist? Terrible movie. Daniel Day-Lewis again, McConaughey, Eddie Romaine, Eddie as Stephen Hawking, the Stephen Hawking guy. Leo for Revenant, Casey Affleck, Gary Oldman, Remy Malek, and Joaquin Phoenix. Of those guys, not a ton of laughs between... No.
1: Be more Hoffman. uh, McConaughey McConaughey can do comedy. Um, uh, Who else did you say? Um, Colin
0: Firth as as the King speech. I think that that was kind of supposed to be a little bit funny, but... I, I yeah, not a ton of laughs in there. So to our point, to our point for our past podcast, not a ton of comedy in the in that in that role right there. So, so
1: I, I, what I want to transition to here is speaking about not a lot of laughs and and I in, in an unpopular opinion that I can speak for both you and me, I think we need to get this out there that Phil and I just hate The Big Bang Theory.
0: Oh man. We want to do this now. Okay.
1: All right. But so this isn't. Un- so I, I. was always wondering when we were gonna bring this up or like how we were gonna. To- yeah. Exactly. We're gonna do this now. Okay. Like so, I told Phil. I think. I think we need to take responsibility for. For our. Our hatred, Big the Bang Theory, at some point on there, um, and it. It technically is an unpopular opinion that we don't like Big Bang Theory because it's one of the biggest shows. It's on all like yeah, it's always like one of those shows that's just on in someone's you know living room or just in the background. It's something it's that it's something that TBS
0: will run for like ten hours straight, and no one will either say anything or like it's 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 just incredible. It is the most popular show on consistently on TV.
1: So I, but I feel like it's really easy to poke fun of, and, and very few people are like outspokenly like, oh, I love Big Bang Th-, You know what I mean, like. But secretly, there are a ton of Big Bang Theory lovers. I guarantee we have a few listeners. Like, I'll, I'll walk into the living room and, and Maddie's watching Big Bang Theory. And it's not because he likes it. It's just it's just so... It's that um, sitcom formula. Yeah. I think it's really easy for people to consume. And it's basically... It's just plug in the, the archetype. So this is why I think that it works, but but Phil and I I think wh- wh- all right I'll let you take the stage. Okay. So I, 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 I mean there's I, no s-
0: we've we've done what? our most you know actresses that we don't get Kelly Kakuya or whatever her name is, Kelly Kuya, don't get her think she's no talent ass clown. And then it's it's the same joke over and over. Like with Seinfeld I think that there was some variety. It's all different life situations or like this is just about being a nerd, and these are nerd jokes. These are, I can't talk to women. Ha, 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 ha.
1: No, yeah, but it's not even about just being a nerd. It's like they're they're jerks. Like, they're just pretentious. Like, Sheldon, the main actor, he's just an asshole. Like, yeah. he's just, like, not only is it about nerd culture, which is, like, they think, like, and what we mean by that is, like, you know, niche niche y you know, it could be nerd stuff these days is, is a pretty diverse um, pretty diverse word and I think that's why there's five of them five different nerds for like five different types anyways but it's it's more about for me why I hate it so much is the the condescension that they like is an underlying in all the jokes like so there's all, like an underlying element of just like oh we get this because we're smart or like because we are nerds we get it and you don't like and it's the whole show I feel like is like is a condescending joke like that's what it is it's just it's glorifying these people who think they're these know-it-alls it's just glorifying know-it-alls is what i think okay
0: so comes. yours is yours is a deeper reasoning than mine i just don't think it's funny i just don't think it's funny at all
1: well yeah it's not funny and, and the characters aren't personable they're just like they're straight up caricatures like some of the you know the, some of the supporting roles outside of sheldon like the main actor like and the guy uh, with the glasses, who's uh, yeah, he yeah. actually is the only one that I can stand. He plays Rusty from Christmas Vacation. Yeah, yeah, Rust, yeah. He's actually like the only one who's not like unbearable in the show, um, but the rest of them are essentially it's they're it, it's it's like watching a cartoon that's not funny that it, it, and again it just it feels like almost mean spirited. Like coming, it's it's almost like the kids who got in high school who were like called nerds probably, mm-hmm. uh, or like now they have a show and they're gonna, like they're buddying up. You know what I mean? I can't make any sense of it, dog. But I'll I'll go with that
0: just because I have no explanation. I you say they live amongst us and they like does and is is there any time you've been out and someone's quoted a a a, a line from that show like.
1: I, uh, it's it's just. The, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I I just, just it it just that's why it comes back to yeah. It's nothing that clever. It just justifies this snarky condescending behavior that that there is in this nerd culture. Yeah. Like I I think there's some cool things that nerds are into, and like I'm into some nerdy stuff as well. But it's like that whole like don't be you don't need to be a jerk. oh wait a minute we're jerks wait a minute no but you seriously you don't like that's what I really just I can't that's why I hate the show is because not only is it not funny and I agree with you but the whole thing is just like it feels like uh, just feels mean yeah it just feels I
0: I think that everyone on there has no talent I think including the writers and I just I feel left out watching it I feel left out because I see the stats around it and I go what the fuck am I missing like what am I missing so
1: Doug I, I, what I think I would challenge anyone who says they like the Big Bang Theory and you who doesn't who don't like the Big Bang Theory because it'll validate your uh, your opinion if you the Big Bang Theory without the laughing track you just, it's unbearable right like no laughing track on Big Bang Theory and it's straight up like it's it's the cringiest shit you can listen to not in a funny way I,
0: I agree and I think you can't say that about a Seinfeld like clearly Simpsons doesn't have the laugh track and, and we love it like uh, I mean these are all I'm trying to find something like modern day we i all watch Sonny Sonny does not have the laugh track and we love Sonny right like, there's, there's other funny shows out there that just, I don't know, are just so much better than this show. And I just don't understand it. Maybe that makes us the the minority of what we're watching. Our reality isn't what real America is all about or, or what real America loves. And, yeah, that's... that's Maybe the, the
1: reality is it's the people who are, like, we're not sitting around watching that much TV. Although we have a movie podcast and stuff, like... I feel like our movie our watching viewing choices are more like deliberate rather than just having something on like having live T V on in the background, whatever TBS is playing right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's not that's something someone at home who's at home all the time and not out and about in the world is is more likely to do. So I haven't done any those... case
0: studies, dog, but that's my that's my perception too, that this is appointment television for someone who just watches a ton of television or lives, I don't know, lives a different life than we do.
1: No, because you know we're gonna hear back on this. Our 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 brother-in-law to be, and not this week, but next week, uh, our we're gonna have a new uh, family member. Ross is joining the family, and uh, he's a big fan.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well,
1: so we're gonna we're gonna I, take some heat.
0: Like I said, Doug, hundred million or whoever, however many numbers hundred million people can't be wrong I just I wish I got it all right I think that's a good spot to end you, you didn't have anything else did you all no, right guys it. so thanks for uh, thanks for listening We'll we promise we're gonna have more frequent episodes we've got a couple things coming up this week couple I think we still have a couple in the chamber too so be on the lookout for some for way more jerks content than we've been giving you in the last uh, what month or two months or so.
1: Yeah, and Doug, what are you gonna watch? Young Sheldon tonight? <laughs> yeah, I,
0: that's a, I've got a DVR, so I've got some things oh, going on, but I'll have it.
1: That's why not only does the big bank, they have a spin-off that's successful. Well, well why
0: not? Why not? If if one is good, man, many's better. Alright. Alright.
1: Alright then. I'll talk to you. Peace. Got my stapler, got my shirt and tie. Set me up to zone out, pushing paper, slamming the stapler, punching the clock.